three, two, one. Hi and welcome to Unaware by Bee Physiology. We're not film critics, we're not philosophers, and we are not living with a disability. We do, however, have a very unique insight into the lives of the people that we work with. You're listening to Be Real, Series 1 of the Unaware Podcast. Hello everybody, my name is AJ. And I'm Harry. And we are Bee Physiology. Thank you very much for joining us today and attending. Uh, This is our official podcast. Uh, I'll be titled Unaware, where we break down our understanding of a particular condition or a particular injury, a particular disability, uh, for the sake of sharing, evaluating, and trying to improve our knowledge uh, in the field. So this is going to be our, our first podcast series. This is the second episode of that series, um, and it's called Be Real, and that's two E's, AJ. Two there's E's? A, there's a very good reason for that, that's too. two E's. And that's because we're going to be breaking down um, representations of disability in pieces of film and movies and, and television. Now I get it. Like a real. Real. Yeah, like a real. Um, and compare these in contrast in portrayal and match um, you know, our experience as exercise physiologists. Exercise physiologists, you asked? Tell the people, AJ. What an exercise physiologist is? I would love to tell the people. So essentially what we are or what we do is we use exercise as a form of treatment to essentially overcome or try and minimize the effect of disease or injury. Um, So we find, or not we find, the science finds, and science is important, guys, um, that exercise is extremely beneficial for almost any sort of condition or injury. I mean, I can't really think of anything where improving someone's physical function wouldn't be of benefit. Yeah, and, you know, to put it simply, exercise is medicine. Yes. And that's what we go for. Um, so obviously I just want to say that, you know, we don't know everything. No. Uh, Oh, look, I mean, I said it, but I thought, okay, we don't, I was going to jump in. We don't know everything. We know everything. We know everything, but we don't know everything. We We know everything except for what we're about to talk about. (laughs) So So you got us on a, on a bad day and a bad topic, (laughs) obviously. Um, but. You know, we're here, we're coming from an angle as two exercise physiologists um, trying to understand the disabilities that we encounter every day in our professional lives. Or that we might encounter. And look, we're not um, philosophers by any means. We, um, we're we not film critics by any measure. We, we like to think that we do a pretty good job of critiquing film. Anyway. We are amateur film critics for sure. Um but and we're not living with disabilities either. But we do have a very unique perspective of looking into the pe- into the lives of the people that we work with, um, and try and analyze how these disabilities are re- represented in film. Um, and this really helps our, um, you know, helps us grow and learn in these um, situations and bring them to our practice as exercise physiologists, but also just in our everyday lives. Right, and then and the hope is that maybe between us talking complete and utter nonsense sometimes to ourselves <laughs> that maybe you will learn something too uh, and we welcome your feedback so if you yep. if you hear us say something that you're like you guys are idiots um, by all means <laughs> send it to us in get a on message. those keyboards yeah because um, we prefer to be insulted in type <laughs> <laughs> put it in writing so everybody knows <laughs> yeah. um, no but here's a uh, spoiler alert a spoiler alert for the movie that we are going to be covering today which is the very enjoyable Peanut Butter Falcon fantastic film yeah it is a really really good film so we apologize in advance for the fact that we're going to ruin the 
entire plot film <laughs> for you. Look, we're going to try our best not to ruin Matt. I can honestly say that there is no way that we're not going <laughs> to ruin this movie for you. Um, but look, it's a great enough movie that even if you knew where it was going, you'd still love it. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's like worth a rewatch. Watch it twice already. And know? it does say at the end of the credits that you should watch this first. I think there's yep. a little side yeah, note. There's a little shout out. It might just be a message by Shire himself. Yeah. He, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. That's funny you bring that up because I was just going to go over the general plot of the movie. <laughs> cool. We would have missed that. Um, so the three main characters, I guess, um, comes down to uh, a young man named Zach, 22-year-old, who lives with... Um, a, a disability, Down syndrome. And he's currently living in an aged care facility where he is actually essentially looked after or cared for by a character called Eleanor. Um, and he essentially wants to escape this prison and pursue his dream of becoming a professional wrestler. And, you know, comedy ensues yeah. after this. And we're, we're talking real wrestling here. We're talking... Yeah. The Rock, Goldberg. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlestake, 316. Is it AJ know? Styles? <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't mention that guy. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, I mean, like, I am that guy. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, not the Olympic wrestling, where, nah. you know, where a headgear. He's a showman. You Remember know? Goldust with the gold all over his face? That kind that of wrestling. Kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. we've got you. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment is what, is what we're doing here. Um, but the entertainment wrestling, uh, wrestling um, uh, companies down in the south as well in in the states. I think it's in Florida. Is it in Florida? It's on the way to Florida. Yeah, it's in the bayou in some respect. Right. So, um, I but, know what that means. But yeah, <laughs> the swampland, I think. Um, but you know, um, essentially, he runs into Tyler. Right. But before we go down the route of explaining who Tyler is, we also should point out that uh, Zach is played by an actor called Zach. Who got uh, Sagan? Zach got Sagan. Who does have Down syndrome? I don't know if we mentioned that already in the podcast. No, no, no. no, no so yeah. yeah, it is an accurate representation of what it would be like to live with Down syndrome, which yeah. is something that you probably don't see heaps of, I guess, in no, in and modern and Hollywood. I think it's always good to see the opportunity given to those living with the disabilities. You know, give them a chance to to portray, you know, a character living with the same disabilities. Because it is just that much more realistic, I feel, and that person can really um, give a good representation of what it's like. Yeah. And as someone who's really good at acting, like myself, uh-huh. uh, I'm a bit of an acting snob, and I can say that overall, everybody does a really good job <laughs> in this film, so they have my ticket of approval, which means they should have yours. So we're definitely critiquing this film right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going off the back of that, so Zach, uh, he escapes his aged care facility, uh, with the intent of trying to attend this wrestling clinic. He's pursued by Eleanor, who wants to bring him home to safety or what she believes is a safe environment for someone uh, with Zach's condition to be living in. Uh, and while this is happening on the same timeline in the same universe, uh, that's right, it's a sci-fi film now, um, <laughs> Tyler, who's played by Shia LaBeouf, uh, on account of his own actions, he makes a few enemies for himself and ends up on the run with the intention of going to Florida. That's where I got Florida from, uh, yep. viewers. So I'm not going crazy. <laughs> anyway, somehow, or by some miracle, these two characters meet. And, <laughs> they and you got a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and they go on the run together. So they have like a shared goal, I guess, of trying to stay low-key, uh, hidden, but also heading in the same direction. It's a classic, you know, wanted man tale. 
buddy team up film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, it's fun- a funny one at that. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, you know, just off the bat, it's important to um, to mention the meeting between Tyler and Zach when they first kind of run into each other. Um, what is the relationship like at the very beginning, you know? And it, it really is a point of Tyler not looking at Zach like he's someone with Down syndrome, more or less looking at someone that could potentially help him on his journey. On his journey or hinder, yeah. or hinder. Um, yeah. And not because of the fact that he has Down syndrome. I think at the at start, it's literally just a speed thing in general. People are slow walkers. Yeah, uh, Some people are, so I think... Yep. That's yeah, it's exactly as Harry said, and that's the the real theme of the movie is that relationship between between Zach and Tyler, and and Tyler's yeah. ignoring of the the constraints that are often placed upon Zach. Yeah, exactly right. Because and, of his condition, and and a massive thing as well is you know um Zach actually plays into that a little bit and says, you know, you know, wait for me type thing. You know, I'm slow. Uh, I'm a Down syndrome person. Where Tyler, the character, turns around and says, I don't give a shit. You know, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have... Do you have supplies? Do you have supplies? Yeah. Do you have water or food? Can you help us on this journey? Um, you know, I, otherwise, I don't really care about what condition you have, you know? And to put it uh, simply, that's, that's like not a horrible way to look at. It is a mutual respect. Yeah, exactly yes, right. It's you know? an understanding that, you know... Zach is more than capable of achieving anything that uh, is expected of them on that journey. Yeah. They're not doing anything crazy because that's the other side as well. Is he has a he has a realistic sense of how he treats Zach throughout the movie as well. I think there's one query. He says, you're not going to play in the NBA. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, he, he treats him as someone who's capable of having goals. Yeah, which exactly. is Yeah, which is which a nice is huge. Touch. Which is huge because a lot of the time, constraints just get put on people. Right. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, too short, too too slow to this to that um we'll touch on this later in the film but that's sort of personified in the character that is eleanor you're right this idea yeah. that someone can be constrained by the expectations that society has on them yeah. on account of conditions yeah yeah cool um so in terms of you know the character development between tyler and zach um, they really start to develop a significant bond, kind of like a older brother, younger brother type thing, um, where Tyler essentially has to start teaching Zach how to survive on the run a little bit in terms of swimming and um, you know practicing for his big debut in the pro wrestling classes and stuff like that. Um, and that's a, that's a cool moment where they start to slowly de- develop this um, relationship where Tyler is an actual mentor for someone where realistically in his life you would think he wouldn't be capable of mentoring anyone no you wouldn't look at him and get him to uh hang out with your kid I guess yeah but he's he's got his demons you know he's suffering from a trauma that um he's not um he's not dealing with very well and that's you know obviously taken into account in the movie and uh he needs to you know and he sees some kind of similarity with Zach and he, there's a mutual kind of respect between the two of them because they're both in like a sticky situation, but he can relate to what Zach is going through as well, I think. Yeah, so if we take it right back to, I don't think it's the very first scene, but it's close enough to the start of the movie 
where Zach actually escapes from the aged care facility because you do see that happen in the film, uh, and it is relatively comedic. I probably won't. We won't go into how yeah, it happens. It, yeah. um, but I will say that um, it comes on the back of this idea that Zach is super strong. And yeah, that's right. I'm not embarrassed to admit this, but I will admit that uh, for a while, I don't know how I came across this rumor, this myth, um, that people with Down syndrome are really strong. And I can tell you that as cool as that is, and as much as that serves the theme of the movie, the reality is that somebody living with Down syndrome is actually more susceptible to, say, muscle hypotonia, which is having lesser muscle mass, um, having you know lower cardiorespiratory fitness or aerobic fitness, lower bone mineral density, so weaker bones. Their metabolism doesn't work as effectively as somebody without Down DIN, uh, syndrome. <laughs> It happens. <laughs> Down Don't syndrome. Don't say dims. Don't say dims. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, their metabolism is a little bit slower. So the way that they can utilize energy and therefore uh, perform physical tasks, that is hindered. So, yes, there is this sort of this theme or this idea that may run along in the world, or maybe I'm the only one that thought it, that people with Down syndrome are, are, are stronger. Um, but physically, they are up against it, genetically speaking. And then you also need to take into account the fact that there are these social and uh, you know structural constraints around somebody with Down syndrome that, that again, uh, hinder their ability to develop physically. Yeah, Did I say that well enough? I think so. I think that, um, you know, the major message being that it's, you know, as exercise physiologists, that's the, th the thing that we'll click into straight away. And, you know... Um, you know, treating someone with Down syndrome. Sorry, my puppy just walked into the room with a cone on his head. So, <laughs> very distracting. Um, out of here, buddy. Come on. Um, yeah, so the, um, as exercise physiologists, you look at the physical function of someone and then you also inevitably try to improve that function. You know, how can we make sure this person lives for as long as they can? How can we make sure that their quality of life is as high as possible? And when it comes to... Uh, in my experience working with people who have Down syndrome, weight loss is a big thing for sure. Um, and then trying to get them as cardiovascularly fit as possible because those comorbidities come with age. Right, you know? and that was something that I, I didn't touch on is you take into account somebody who has less muscle mass, uh, decreased aerobic fitness, I mean, weaker bones to some extent, but then definitely... Uh, you know, a worse off metabolism, they are like very extremely susceptible to, you know, what we refer to as associated comorbidities, which is things like diabetes or, uh, you know, other formats of heart disease. Um, they're, they're, they're very much um, in a position to suffer from these things on account of not necessarily Down syndrome itself, but just the lifestyle that comes with having Down syndrome, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, well said. This film doesn't touch on exercise specifically. It's not a big theme of the movie, but certainly there is like a training aspect to it. I mean, like we said, Zach is his intention is to become a professional wrestler. So there are cool little training montages, and I don't think anybody in the world doesn't enjoy a training montage. Training montage, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. I wish that was real life. It did. I did say it has a cool soundtrack too. I don't know if the montage had a cool soundtrack, but I bet that it did. I think it did. It I did? did definitely. Yeah. It did. Let's just say it did. It definitely okay. did. Yeah. So there was like some swimming practice and some wrestling practice. Um, done throughout the movie. So you do see a side of the, the physical development, but I'm going to go to the other side of that and pass it along to Harry in the sense that, like I said, Zach comes, or Zach is living in an aged care facility. 
Um, and this is something that, you know, we need to be conscious of in our profession because there is, I think at the moment, a lot of people with Down syndrome living in Australia are actually, they, they live in, in aged care facilities, correct? Yeah, I mean, not only Down syndrome, a lot of different disabilities where, you know, it involves some kind of care where the person can't live 100% um, independently, you know? Um, there is... In Australia, we're actually a lot better off than a lot of different countries. And now with the NDIS, which is the National Insur- Disability Insurance Scheme that's come out over the last few years, there's a lot more opportunity out there for people living with disabilities. But, um, you know, usually there's this, there's this um, pathway that people live and it's, you know, starts with kids programs and lots of physiotherapy and stuff when they're very young. Um, and then they kind of go into school special schools um, and then they live that they, they keep going to special schools they're surrounded by people who have disabilities um, they're um, and then it gets moved into <laughs> oh, Tom, one second. <laughs> sorry we're just going to take a, a three minute break to get this lamp out of the <laughs> out of the podcast so I'll take on the back of uh, a Harry's point there which was um, yeah, that there is essentially like a pathway that people follow, but eventually, because there is this, uh, I suppose, dependence on on care for certain people living with particular disabilities, they are sort of refined to these aged care facilities. Um, and, you know, the familial role, which is how... <laughs> this is the issue. <laughs> <laughs> this is the issue right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. I've lost my point. Yes. Um, yeah, you also can't underestimate that somebody that isn't necessarily entirely independent, that that is a, a pressure and a, I suppose it can be somewhat of a strain on on family members depending on their ability or their availability to, to care entirely for somebody living with a disability. So as much as it's not ideal at the moment, I think aged care facilities are actually somewhat of an ideal um what's the word i'm looking for um resource result answer for caring for somebody yeah i mean well it's that or what you know that's a great way and, of saying it. and See, he comes back in for like a minute <laughs> that or what that or what aj Casual. Um, no it's a it's it's generally the only place they can go. And a lot of people that don't have family or the support of a family around them that can take them in, what do you do? You know, so as I said, the NDIS in Australia is a fantastic um, opportunity for a lot of people to actually live in a house with other people their age and have a normal um, or objectively normal life in that period you know they get to live with their friends they get to try and um you know do all their shopping and do their cooking and everything like that but what the NDIS has been doing is allowing companies that um, AJ and I actually go out and talk to um allowing companies you know the ability to create assisted specialized disability accommodation and um as much as, you know, it's not living in a house with, with people that don't have disabilities, it's, you know, ha- still has that opportunity where people with disabilities can live um, and, you know, not 
be subjected to living in these confines or institutionalized um, in aged care facilities where they're young, they should be living out their lives, you know, and their goals as, you know, what Zach's trying to do Mm. as they like, you know? Yeah, because once again, um, with respect to the the physical, um, I suppose, setbacks that come with having Down syndrome, they're not in account with the condition itself, but more the structures around it. So having Down syndrome and these associated comorbidity, comorbidities, it's not a death sentence. It's something that can be easily co- overcome if, they're, if somebody's in an environment to easily overcome them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that environment is the environment that somebody like you and I might live in. Well, I think it's also important to note that, you know, just recently there was a young man in the United States who lives with Down syndrome and just recently completed a triathlon. Yeah. First young man to complete one with Down syndrome. And it's it's things like that, like it's so easy to become physically inactive when you just don't have the opportunities everyone else does to get out and be active. You know, and can I say the other side of that is it's really hard to be active when you don't have the same sort of um, opportunities, I guess, as yeah, as somebody exactly, else. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, it's the odds are stacked against you, um, and that's one of the reasons why we do what we do because we feel as though everyone should be able to live a healthy, fit, happy life, um, regardless of what condition that you might have um and down syndrome is no exception to that yeah well said that's really good um so if we're going back to the movie now um at a certain point eleanor who was the character that we haven't touched on enough um she finds zach entirely you might think that's crazy how this one person find these two people in hiding but they did or she (laughs) did um but it's at this point that she's a slash detective so she's got, yeah. she's got detective skills. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't tell they that. They don't touch it on the that movie. That doesn't get yeah. touched on the movie, but we're touching on it now. Yeah, her dad is like James Bond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but this is when you get to really see the the dynamic or the the contrast and the relationships between uh, Zach and Tyler and Zach and Eleanor. And yeah. Tyler and Zach actually have quite a strong bond at this point of the movie, I think. Yeah. Tyler's really pushed Zach with respect to his goals of becoming a wrestler. So That brotherly bond. Yeah, and he's, he's really treating him uh, as much as, uh, as well as Zach would like to have probably been treated at any point in his life, mm-hmm. uh, which you sort of... You, you don't quite see up until this point in the movie or up until his relationship with Zach. Yep. Uh, sorry, with Tyler. Um, so... Eleanor's relationship with Zach, which was the norm, is now being evaluated, not just by Zach, but also the viewers. It, it makes it really, really obvious yep. that there is this contrast because by itself, you can see Eleanor is just this very endearing and very caring character. But in the, con- uh, but in the context of Tyler's relationship with Zach, you, you very much see the difference. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and a lot of the people would be very... Like it's a familiar way to treat someone in Zach's position, um, with a mother, like a, a mothering type um, approach. You know, she definitely means well, of course, and that's you know the reason why she's acting this way is because she wants to take care 
of Zach because she feels though feels as though he can't take care of himself. Right, eat this, yeah. don't do that, it's not safe. Yep. These sorts of quotes exactly come out right. a little bit. Yep. And you know that she has the best of intentions, um, but you also know that at least Tyler's viewpoint as he's seeing these things is it's only contrast from what his idea is. And he really, he it kind of gets into his head straight away yeah. as well because he goes straight into the, um, you know, you can see it's just ticking over in his head, He, you know, telling her not to not to treat him like that. And one of the main lines in the movie, and pretty much I think sums up the entire movie um, in a nutshell, and I quote, um, Tyler says, you know, you may not be calling him retarded, but you sure as hell act, the way that you act sure as hell makes him feel like he is a retard. And I think that's just a perfect analogy, as crude as it is, a perfect analogy on or analogy is that right right word perfect quote yeah to take out of the movie because people you don't really realize just how you're acting with someone until you kind of step back and look at yourself and like do the whole third person out of body experience Mm. thing you know you automatically people automatically i mean a lot of people again generalizing my experience a lot of people automatically kind of go into a step back or really motherly type um, behaviors around people with disabilities um, and don't know how to um, react. Um, and he's saying pretty much that the way that you act is so much more potent than saying it to his face in a way because you're just building this construct around him where he feels his limitations. He's caged by, the, by your actions, not your words. That's really well said. I was well done, well done, man. Yeah, that was good. Um, and it's funny because that is such a potent, um, I, s- I suppose, scene or or line in the film because it's the most obvious way to hit the viewer and really get the theme of yeah. what they're trying to, to do uh, across. Um, but I spoke about how the the line that resonated with me the most in the film is actually Eleanor's response to that scene there where uh, Tyler is essentially calling her out for making Zach feel a particular way and her response is look I'm I'm doing the best that I can yeah and yeah, it's yeah. so true I think of any health professional well uh, yeah 99.99% of health professionals where we really are doing the best that we can and sometimes we, yeah, we do misunderstand people and we do misunderstand a disability and we, mm-hmm. we, we don't do the right thing. We don't go about things the right way, but you can be damn sure that we're, we are doing our best. Yeah, um, exactly And this right. is why this podcast is so important because it's an opportunity for us to evaluate the way that we are yeah. going about our, our jobs and, and seeing where we're doing it the wrong way or, or where we are mis- misunderstanding things. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, in the movie, Eleanor obviously means it's she she wants the best for the character zach um just like everybody in her situation i feel you know coming from a a caring or a nursing background um as well really cares about zach it's just um you know the the way that you act um goes shows for miles you know um even just little things that you you as a person barely even pick up, but the person that you're talking to or that you're around will pick up on a lot of those things. And again, it's not like a, it's not it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault here. It's just something to be, um, to be aware of. It's a good observation, 
it's good to you know step back and and realize that you can actually approach things a, a different way and a lot of that comes down to just teach uh, uh, um, treating people just like you would like to be treated yeah well we we um we sort of spoken as well that the people that do best in the situations are the people that don't think about what the situation that they're going into or the people that don't overthink the yep. way that they are about to speak they essentially just go in and speak as they are yep uh, Don't overthink some, it. Yeah, somebody trying to tiptoe around the wrong words is more than likely going to trip up and say something yeah. a little bit stupid and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to say anything mean or you're going to yep. say anything overly rude. Yep. But you'll just be... You'll be a very obvious picture of what you're trying not to be, I suppose. Yeah, and, and I mean, you're obviously acting a particular way because you don't want to insult someone. Um, but it's insulting. You're still a good person. It's, if you're doing you know, it that way, don't stress. We're not calling you out. Yeah. You know, it's still insulting the way that you can act. You know, it could it could be sorry, insulting. To, you know, to the person and the way you act. So, yeah, just something to be aware of. But yeah, just don't overthink it. You know, be who you are. Talk to them just like a, you know any person. And I think that's a perfect place to start. Yeah, and it's it's funny because we see probably we see this at its you know most potent example when you have a new ep um oh, yeah. going into the field and sort of uh, you know having a first i would like say that. exposure is probably not the best word but i'm going to yeah. say exposure uh to environments where they're not just working with someone that they perceive to be just like you and i uh and they handle it poorly oh, yeah they do and it's it's really like a part of your like your professional growth personal growth definitely but yes. pre- professionally it's it's something that you need to sort of overcome sooner rather than later like i had zero slim to no experience of people with disabilities before starting the job and i remember coming into it and just not having any idea of what i was doing and i wish that i listened to something like this to kind of give me a little bit of Confidence. Way to toot our horn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had me. Yeah, God. <laughs> looking back at myself. No, no, no. Um, it's something that you, like, t- if you had a little bit of foresight, you could have, you know, um, if I had a little bit of foresight, <laughs> I could have, you know, uh, approached it differently. And, and I definitely, I made heaps of mistakes. You know, I said the wrong thing hundreds of times. And then I go back and think, I really said the wrong thing there, you know, and I'd, I'd, you know, say the wrong thing. I'd, I'd act the wrong way, um, but you know, is life is life. Yeah, and I, I think the, I suppose that the line that you need to cross at some point to be comfortable in these environments is. I think, you know, you talk about it in general going in through your training as an EP and one of the big things that people harp on or like your educators will harp on outside of the knowledge itself in the field is building rapport. Um, And building rapport with your clients is so important if you want them to ever buy into what you're doing or to even trust you in what you are doing. And I think that in this context, context, it's about understanding the person, not the disability. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's that's a lot of the time the context most yeah most of the time i think it's important to get to know that person just like you know we've talked about before it's because the disabilities can be the same and so different at the same time it's more about playing what's in front of you and actually getting to know that person yeah i mean everybody's got interests so like exactly just find the shared interest within you and them and it'll be a good session yeah you'll have a good time you'll be fine yeah um yeah so anything else that we need to touch on with peanut butter falcon age 
Uh, no, but I think that in terms of just wrapping it all up with probably one quote that I think you said earlier, which is to not overthink it. Don't overthink it. Yep. Um, Peanut Butter Falcon was a, a really, really good movie. It did a really, really good job to to bring to light these relationships that we experience in our field and in our work. And, uh, ju- and, and just another, I guess, closing point as well is the relationship between Tyler and Zach um, is so powerful because there is no pity for Zach for having a disability. Pity is by far the most, in my, in my opinion, the worst thing to get from people. If people are throwing pity your way, like I'm feeling that and that's horrible. You know, I don't want anyone to pity me no matter what kind of situation I'm in. And people, you know, that we automatically, we just do it. You know, we, we sympathize with people instead of empathizing. And it's, it's uh, if you pity someone, it's kind of like uh, you're, you're focusing in on the negative aspects of what's going on not what's positive about it as mm. well. And there's no pity. There's zero pity between Tyler and Zach, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, and it's why their relationship is so good. Yeah. So take that into your practice, I guess, if you're an EP listening or even just somebody watching that may encounter, or not may, because you will encounter yeah, somebody with Down syndrome in your life. And yeah. if you, I think if you take that advice on, uh, which isn't our advice, it's, I suppose it's the advice of the movie itself, yeah, for sure. um, you'll do a better job of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, great. Well, I think it was a great movie. I think everyone did. Um, I think the characters were portrayed perfectly, and the situations and relationships between them were as well. Very happy that the um, the lead character was played by someone with a disability, um, and definitely recommend all you out there to watch it. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been Harry. I am. Hey, you've been Harry. <laughs> I've been and Harry. I am AJ. I've been Harry my whole life, <laughs> and this is the physiology. Have a good day. <laughs>